Weiss on Parashat Vayera, Taking the Beloved Son. The most vexing and terrifying element of the story of Akedat Yitzchak, the binding of Isaac, is not the moral question of whether Avraham sacrificed his ethics in his willingness to sacrifice his son. It is also not the question of whether God could or even did demand that sacrifice. What is so completely inscrutable and horrifying about this request or test is Avraham's emotional response to it, the lack thereof. Avraham barely reacts at all. He prepares to slaughter his own son with complete composure and total emotional opacity. Why isn't Avraham distressed? For centuries, readers have been horrified by this story. And for centuries, readers have been inspired by this story. Yet Avraham himself does not seem to notice that anything remarkable is happening to him at all. Though Avraham appears completely impassive throughout Akedah Yitzchak, in other circumstances, he is quite emotionally demonstrative. In the chapter that immediately precedes the Akedah, we read about Avraham's being instructed to chase away his firstborn child, Ishmael. When Avraham finds out that he is being asked to expel his son, the verse testifies, The matter was very bad in Avraham's eyes on account of his son. Avraham is clearly upset by the fact that he has to evict Ishmael. The text of the Torah makes sure that we can see his pain. Yet, when it comes to killing his younger son, he exhibits no parallel emotional reaction. Does Avraham not have these feelings? Is the text hiding them? Rashi paves a path for us into understanding why Avraham doesn't display that he is particularly alarmed by God's request. Through Rashi's telling, he shows the reader how much emotional complexity is present, but buried beneath the surface of Avraham's reaction to and interaction with God. A careful reading of Rashi points to an explanation of why Avraham appears to be so placid and unmoved. Rashi focuses on the way that God informs Avraham of what he should do. Bayomar, Kachna et bincha et yechidcha asher hafta et yitzchak. Belechlecha al eret hamoriyah sham leola. He said, Please take your son, your only one, whom you love, Yitzchak, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. God could have come out and said, Sacrifice Yitzchak. Instead, God delays in two ways. First, he tells Avraham to take his son before telling him why he's doing this taking. In the verse, the command, please take your son, comes well before the clarification of and offer him. God also introduces Yitzchak's name with a lot of extraneous adjectives, your son, your only one whom you love. It might appear that God is being exceedingly cruel here, reminding Abraham of how beloved his son is as he is being asked to sacrifice him. Yet Rashi argues 
that God speaks this way out of compassion. Velama lo gila lo mitchila, shalol arbavo pitom, vitazuach da ato alav vititare, uchede lechabev alav et hamitzvah, veliten lo sachar akol dibor vidibor. And why didn't he reveal this to him initially? So as not to suddenly confuse him, thereby unsettling his mind and deranging him, and to endear him to the commandment and to give him reward for each statement. Rashi argues that God informs Avraham that he is to sacrifice Yitzchak in this way in order to introduce the information gradually and to thereby soften the blow. God slowly reveals the details of what will be happening and to whom. As we see Avraham's unfolding reaction, we also gain access to what he might have been thinking at each stage of God's approach. We are able to peer into what his feelings are now and to speculate on how they came to be. Rashi says, Kachna et bincha, Amarlo, Shnebanim Yeshli, Amarlo et Yechidcha, Amarlo, Zeyachidimo, Vezeyachidimo, Amarlo, Asher Ahafta, Amarlo Shinehem Aniohiv Amarlo Yitzchak. Take your son, your only son that you love, Yitzchak. God said to Avraham, Take your son. Avram said to God, I have two sons. God said to him, Your only son. Avraham said to God, This one is the only one of his mother, and this one is the only one of his mother. God said to him that you love. Avram said to God, I love both of them. God said to him, Yitzchak. At first glance, and in the common reading of this Rashi and the Midrash on which it is based, it appears that God is giving Avraham more and more information and thereby acclimating him to the reality of what is to come. However, this reading is not precise, and it does not provide enough for us to understand what is going through Avraham's mind and heart in this interaction. In truth, it isn't the case that God is merely giving Avraham insufficient information. God is giving Avraham ambiguous and therefore misleading information. Not only does God withhold Yitzchak's name, he also withholds what Avraham is to do to Yitzchak. When God said, please take your son, Avraham does not know why he is being told to take his son. He does not know that the end of the command will be, offer him as a burnt offering. For all Avraham knows, the end of take your son could be any number of things, negative or positive. And for his part, it appears that Avraham is also being a little disingenuous in his responses to God. When Avraham replies, I have two sons. That is both true and devastatingly false. Yes, Avraham begat two sons, but at this point in the narrative of Avraham's life, he has already chased his eldest away. We have just seen him cast Ishmael out of his home, and we have seen how it left Avraham broken. Avraham only has one son left. What does Avraham, our father, mean 
when he says, I have two sons. He only has one child remaining. Avraham responds the way that he does because he either doesn't know or doesn't want to know what God means at first. Avraham is desperate for the ambiguity to work in his favor, for the sentence to end differently, for it not to be a death sentence. When God says, please take your son, Avraham is hopeful that God could be saying, please take your son back. Avraham wants to hear God inviting him to retrieve Ishmael from the desert. Avraham keeps on suggesting that the son that God is referring to is Ishmael because please take Ishmael would mean please bring home your beloved son. Whereas please take Yitzchak could mean anything. What he wants to think is that God could be telling him to retrieve his lost son instead of telling him to take away the son that he had at home. Then, when God says, Yichidcha, your only son, Avraham is pushing back with desperation and screaming, I have two sons. I still have two sons. When God says, whom you love, Avraham is still clinging on to the last shred of hope, reminding God that he loves both of his children that he misses Ishmael no less than he loves Yitzchak. Then God says, Yitzchak, and Avraham knows that it is over. Avraham is doubly devastated. God shuts down the possibility that Yishmael is ever going to come back. Then God asks Avraham to take his remaining son, the only son that he still has left, the son that he loves, and kill him, Yitzchak. Avraham has already driven out one son, and now he finds out that he is bound to sacrifice another. But why and how does this make it easier for Avraham? How can Rashi claim that delaying the revelation of this horrible information is going to keep Avraham sane and will enable him to sacrifice Yitzchak with equanimity, if not joy? We can understand this by shifting our focus from the way the information was relayed, and two, the fact on the ground that the information revealed. After the exile of Ishmael, Avraham is distraught. He looks at Hagar and sees the face of his missing son. He looks at Sarah and sees the woman who commanded him to cast out his son. He looks at Yitzchak with love, but not enough love to make him forget that Yitzchak is not his only son. He doesn't forget that if Yitzchak had not been born, Yishmael would still be at home. Every time Avraham hears a stranger at his tent door, he has to wonder if it could be Yishmael. And every time Avraham hears God speak to him, he holds out the hope that God will tell him that Yishmael is indeed coming home. When God tells him to take his son, Avraham gets his hopes up and then has them cruelly dashed. On a certain level, it is easier to sacrifice a son than it is to send one away. The experience of having lost Yishmael prepares Avraham to lose Yitzchak because, despite how counterintuitive it sounds, killing Yitzchak is easier. It's easier because what he is being asked to do is something fatal 
and final. If God kills Yitzchak by Avraham's hand, it is horrible and painful beyond imagining and beyond belief. But at the very least, there is closure. Avraham will know where Yitzchak is if he is the one to bury him. There is no closure with Yishmael. Avraham has to live his whole life wondering if maybe someday Yishmael is going to come back. And maybe when Yishmael returns, he is going to call Avraham out for what he did and demand an impossible explanation. When God says to Avraham that he only has one son, he finally gets closure on Yishmael. God says to him that, in effect, that chapter of his life is over. He loses hope and he closes his heart. This paves the way for the other explanation of Avraham's emotionlessness, his listlessness and willingness. The loss of one son made him a little harder to shock and a little harder to wound. After chasing away one beloved, it becomes that much easier for him to sacrifice another. Abraham already knows how to cut himself off from someone he loves, to turn a son into a stranger. The tragedy of the Akedah is that in order to be able to go through with it, Abraham already had to stop thinking of himself as Yitzchak's father. Though Rashi teaches that God prepared Avraham psychologically and emotionally for the Akedah, Rashi does not say at what cost. The tragedy of the Akedah is not how hard it must have been, but in fact, how easy. Wishing you a Shabbat of closure and closeness. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to our weekly Debray Torah. To see more from our archive, please visit hadar.org slash Torah.